When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 57, back in the park. Live from the park, baby. My name is Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan, Hollywood Cap. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Hollywood Cap at K-A-P Cap in America. This week on the podcast, we have another one of my favorite comedians. Last week, we had Jimmy Schubert. He was a great con- one of my favorites. This week, Ruben Paul, another one of my favorites. I met Ruben in 2012 in Hong Kong. I was in a competition out there. He was the celebrity kind of like headliner for the competition, I got third place. Then we took a boat to Macau, did a show at the MGM. We drank so much booze, they stopped giving alcohol to comedians. Wow, you got you got ruined it for everybody. Crowning achievement. Wow, Ruben Paul and, and I. I saw you. You opened for me the other night last week in LA. I, I mean, did. I saw yeah, you. I was, I was down at I was the, the Laugh Factory. At the yeah. Laugh Factory with Ruben, with Harlan Williams, with some other guys. But Butch Bradley was out there. That was fun. So that. Is coming up in a minute. Ruben um, is Haitian American. Oh, so maybe give me some par- some parenting tips. Exactly. Well, I ask we'll all see. Haitians I meet. I, I ask he, for parenting tips. No, no, no. Tips. He has a completely different experience because he grew up in L.A. There's no Haitians in L.A. Right. They're all in New York. Oh. So he grew up as like the only Haitian American. Okay. So it's, it's it's a very different experience from an East Coast Haitian American. East Coast Haitian, West Coast. Is there a feud? We'll I, find out. There. Well, we'll find <laughs> out. There could be. So well, he's going to tell us about don't that. Don't tell Will Savance that we're here. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but first, I have bad news. What's that? I have disappointing news. Mm. I can't tell if I'm upset. Oh, I'm disappointed, Kaplan. Wow, this is like how you're, I'm going to learn how to talk to my kids watching you do that. This is news. what you do, <laughs> Weber. What I, what I do, oh Weber. All right, that one. Weber, the person who our number one champ. He said you guys need to do a live podcast. Pushed it very hard. He said for if a while. you do it, the people will come out he, on the air on the podcast. Told he, us to do a live podcast. He pod. did. He said if you do it, I will be there. He guaranteed us hundred percent. I think he said hundred and ten percent. Yeah, and he does. He doesn't do that often. He does not guarantee things often. Canceled on us. What do you mean? What does that mean, canceled? He's, he said he's not coming. He said he's what, had enough. Is he? What podcast is he doing? Sorry, been so busy pod that no, day? No, he's this stupid, big, big, stupid movie coming out called, uh, what's it called? Don't Disaster say the, Art. Don't say the name. Oh, don't say, say the name. Don't okay. give that guy a plug. I, I, the, Ungrateful. The name that will not be said is a movie coming out with two very big stars. One's kind of a fat guy. One's like a handsome guy. Ha ha, it's funny. That's the whole thing. That's as much as you're going to say. And they have, they're coming out the next day. It comes out December 1st. Our show is November 30th. Don't give 30th. the release date. Oh, I'm sorry, but i got to explain. <laughs> he has some a big Hollywood party for that thing on yeah. November 30th, so he's not coming. He also said he's telling everyone in the Academy not to come. Well, I, the joke's on him because Academy voters is our number one demographic. I've seen the numbers on iTunes. Yeah, they're really all Most middle. of our listeners Those, are, are uh, Academy voters, and they're all going to be at our podcast. They're all coming and to the show. And you know what we should do? We should go. I'm going to look and see which uh, other movies in the we, adapted screenplay category is going to rivals for the Oscar. And we'll vote and for we're, them. No, we're going to invite them on the pod. We're going to oh, find those writers. Bring them on the pod. We're That's gonna, it. That's what I was going to say. We need to. I, this, I'm full of spite right now. <laughs> so we got to get back at Weber. I don't. I don't. I'm not just happy to say like, oh, fine, or even like read him the riot act on the air. I want to do something intentionally harmful. Yeah. What I'm saying, I, yeah, we'll get the other people on the pot. I don't mean physically. I don't yeah. want to hurt him physically. <laughs> no. We're not condoning violence. I want to go after his career. <laughs> so the other, we're bringing those people on the pot. I say, oh, you know what they do? We have China listeners. They Tur- sell fake DVDs in China. They do. 
Everyone buy the disaster artist. Don't fake say the name. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> buy that a fake a fake version of that. We got to take money out of his pocket. Yeah. Go down to Chinatown. If they have them in Chinatown. I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and bring those DVDs. Should we give them away at the live pod if we have them? Give that, them the That's a great idea. <laughs> Let's give them away at the show. Maybe the first 25 listeners, the first 25 people coming in, get a free. Yeah. The, the movie that shall not be named copy. Yeah. And if it's if no, you can't find a bootleg copy because the studio's done such a good job hiding it. I'm gonna go to the theater, buy a ticket for something else. I'm gonna sneak in the theater and I'm gonna film it on my phone and I'm gonna. There you go. I'll give yeah. you a copy. Old school bootleg, oh, baby. Oh yeah, you'll see the guy in front of you going to the bathroom, ordering popcorn, yeah, all that kind of experience. Stuff. Listen, we're still in the park. It's been a week. We're still here. If our career's not going up, at least his is coming down. That's what yeah. I'm gonna say. Bring him down with us. We're but taking our, him down. Our, our, our career is going. Oh, up. but our career is going. We're up. live in a park in Los Angeles. We are right the fastest here, rising podcast. Right around the block from where I used to be, the, known as the park. hustling white guy. On all the games. This is your local area, this right? This was uh, my peak of basketball. They used to always pick me for the games here because I knew I hustled. Well, that's so. exciting. <laughs> so let's, let's well, should we go shoot some hoops? Let's no. Uh, let's get to Lost in America, oh, and then we gotta go first. find Ruben Paul. Oh my God, we got first. Lost. Let's get to Lost in America. Let's get to it. Play the music. In the park, still in the park. Kaplan, I think I'm lost in America this week. Is that what it is? I think, yeah, you're what, always lost. We have a in New York City election coming up. I, I didn't even know about this. And I've convinced you to become a New Yorker. I'm and, a, I'm a new New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, so they sent you the, what is this, a ballot? It's not a ballot. It's like a, uh, I got like a, a explanation thing, of the candidates. A guide, a New York City voting guide. And so I was going to go through it with you and try to give it some ideas. Because we're the alt middle. But we we're still forming our party. We're in the early years of this of this movie. We are. We sort of figured it out a little bit more last week with Jimmy Schubert, although he might be on the fringe of the alt middle. <laughs> but <laughs> we might have to denounce him one day, like he's the uh, John Birch Society of the alt middle. We'll but stick. at the moment we're staying. We're, with him. At, we, we're a wide tent, as you yeah, once said. We're a wide tent. Yes. Right? <laughs> so go ahead. What's so, it? So uh, yeah, let's running. try to find some candidates for us for the alt middle and for you to for vote the for the local New York election. So should we start? We'll start at the top. We'll start with the mayor, the big fish. Okay. Who am I going to vote for for mayor? Give so, me some options. So, do you know who the mayor is? In New to York? Bill De Blasio. All right. Is that right? And yeah. he's against uh, soda, I think. Right? Yeah. He's a big bum. We don't like. Okay. Him. I don't like that. Yeah. He's not alt middle. Alt middle is pro soda. So you know. Okay. I'm going. I'm starting with. I have a, two candidates for you. One is the Green Party candidate. I don't Akeem like Akeem Browder. Let me tell you why I like him. Okay. I think it's a man. Akeem, yeah. Because yeah. he starts off. All these people have these like annoying little photos that they spend so much time taking. Oh yeah. What is this? this Facebook. Guy, yeah. It looks like this guy's got no photo. It says no acceptable photo provided. Oh, like he like, skipped school that day. Yeah. No, but no acceptable. So I'm thinking maybe they turned in <laughs> something that was like. He sent a dick pic. He sent a dick. <laughs> yeah. My imagination's running wild. I'm thinking this guy's got some balls. Literally. No acceptable yeah. photo. And or then, maybe he's skipped. You know, like always, like the cool kid like is not in the school photo every yeah, year. Yeah, maybe he it's just like, blew it off. He's like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm, I, I got a city to run. I don't have time for pictures. He went to the water park that day. And each person's got their top three issues, and it's like boring, education, tra mass transportation, Let's quality of life. For, I like, I'm already sold the yeah, Keem dick I gotta give you his, his, his issues, how he writes them. Sure. He writes, are the disenfranchised considered, comma, how? Like, that's not even English. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he writes the homeless population. Comma, and then, how? Then he writes children, comma, how we view them. I don't know. We're going... I'm a parent. Does he not know how to write full sentences? I like, <laughs> I like that he's open about how we view children. He's willing to listen. So I like this guy, Akeem. I'm going to give you... Uh, I'm actually already sold on Akeem, but... I'm going to give you one other candidate. 
named Bo Deedle. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> I this like guy. That, Bo. You know that guy? Have you seen him on like Fox and stuff? He's, I have not. I just he's like a real the name. character. He sounds like a blues singer. Can I tell you the party he's a member of? Sure. The party's called Dump the Mayor. That's oh, his party. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. So he he this guy's a real character. So I like him. Bo Deedle. There's a guy named Mike Tolkien who's a member of the Smart Cities party. So you can just make up parties. Yeah, now? you can make up parties. He's a tech guy. He's an entrepreneur. I don't know. He's a little douchey sounding. I don't like I'm gonna that. Mix this I don't guy. like tech and entrepreneur for me. Even though I am an entrepreneur, I once was. Tech. I'm out on tech. I'm out on smart anything. Smart water. Smart uh, whatever. Tech. Yeah. Well, like well Bo Deedle says the city is sinking fast, but with your support, we'll bring it back. Oh, that's pitch. like make, make New York great again. Yeah, and he's a real character. I've met him. But, you know, I think we're going to go with Akeem, right? Let's go Akeem. Okay, we're going Akeem Dick Pick. Akeem Dick Pick. <laughs> is, uh, Issue one. Now we, got, mayor. now we got public advocate. You know, you got your same thing where you got a Democrat. What does public advocate mean? I don't know. <laughs> they advocate for the public. It's like a... I'm already out. I, no, no more for them. Oh, there's a guy who's a member of the Stop de Blasio party. Okay, I like that. Um, now, all these people include pictures of themselves. Okay. Anyone? Uh, There's a libertarian who says, "I'm not waiting to getting elect to get elected before going to work." He's already doing this app that he's got. He's just working on it. Oh, cool. So What's like his app for? His. Uh, Ints. We've already a, a smartphone app that is going to help. I don't know. I, I got to read too much. <laughs> what? A smartphone app. He's making an app. <laughs> Wait, about his apps for a smartphone? This guy's really revolutionary. My goal is to distribute the power of the politicians to every New Yorker. We're doing this by building smartphone apps, a di establishing a live stream channel, and organ. You know what? It's a lot of nothing. This, he doesn't say at any point here what the app does. He's got a I, I unique like seven-step process now. I don't he, like him. He's out. Um, you know what? That, so I think we're just going to go with the guy who's in the Let's stop Let's go with the, the guy with the bow tie. That's who's the he? guy. Juan Carlos Polanco. Sold. Um, he is, uh, yeah, he's, he loves New York. Done. All right. <laughs> and he says dump the mayor. Right? And he says dump the mayor. I'm going to tell you, you can't vote for this, but Queens Borough President, you should look up your Brooklyn Borough Run President. Ron Artest. Well, I'm going with Everly Brown. Okay. Because she's another, she's Everly Dick Pick Brown. <laughs> <laughs> she did no picture? No acceptable photo. No acceptable photo. Yeah. She's um, uh, one of us. Wow. Yeah. Tit pick. Tit pick. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm going a little bit deep here, but I want to bring up another uh, city district council. I want to throw my <laughs> weight before. District 23, sure. John Y. Lim. His current occupation, even though he doesn't hold office as a political candidate, he just like, I'm. Is he a white guy? I don't like I don't, white guys with Asian last he's names. He's very Asian look. I don't oh, know. He, oh, okay. And then he, this is his like, um, everybody else gives, um, you know, a very like, uh, you know, I like what they, what they say. Their bios it says a lot about a guy. Okay. So this guy says, raising of children can and should be taught. Children should play outside, and their laughter and interaction should be the measure. When there is more green, the air is cleaner, stress and crime is reduced, and newborns are born heavier. What? Man cannot clean up their own garbage. That's his closing line. <laughs> That's his closing pitch. Man, I agree. I don't like to clean up my own garbage. I'm pro-litter, so is he. Yeah. So Men don't have to it. clean up garbage? John Y. Lim. Oh, can I vote for him for president? You can vote for him for president. Write him in. And then in my local District 26, Jimmy Van Bramer, he's been the guy. Okay. But I'm going with this guy, Marvin Jeffcoat, against him, and I want to urge you to get behind him. What did he do? Because everybody else writes, I'm running for re-election, I want to do this, I want to do that. This guy talks in third person. Oh. Marvin is running for three basic reasons. Firstly, Marvin wants to help return. I mean, I love this guy. Finally, I like that. Marvin is running because we can do better and deserve better. And he, he sounds has, like he a, has the leadership uh, skills. He's Marvin Jeffcoat. It's he, great. I'm in. He he believes in safer streets and law enforcement. Marvin I mean, believes in safer believes streets. He believes in law enforcement. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> Jimmy Schubert likes him. <laughs> yeah. I, so he's very alt middle. All right. And, uh, I gave you some candidates, people. 
So All right, don't so do any homework. Just vote down the line. So white guy with the Asian last name Lim. We're voting for him. We're going Marvin Jeffcoat. Marvin Jeffcoat. was a black Republican. Hakeem I like that. Dick Pick. Hakeem Dick Pick. Uh, uh, Lady Dick Pick, whatever her name was. <laughs> Lady Dick <laughs> Everly Brown. Everly Brown. Uh, we got... Um, and uh, that's good. And we got and we got Mayor Hakeem... Oh, Hakeem Dick Pick. Right, Hakeem right, right. Hakeem Dick Pick for Mayor. All right. Done. All right, babe. Well, that's Vote, good. baby. Don't forget. Don't. The local elections are going to change the world. Like and And if you're in Connecticut... Joe, oh, for Joe Garrix. Joe Garrix, of course. Joe Garrix, the man. All right. Ints is an app. It is. Still an app. You can get it in the app store. Up to five minutes of uh, voice messaging, audio recordings. Send us in. Ints us. You can find me at Turner Sparks uh, at Lost in America. Follow at Lost in America on Ints. Send us anything. We will put it on here. Anything. Once we get back to New York. Ints is dick pics. Once or... we get out of this park. Yeah. We've been in this park for far too We're long. We're not in our studio. We don't have the technology set up. Listen. We're not in the ENDS database, but when we get home to New York, we're, no, we're going to do a special ENDS episode. We will. So get on ENDS. Let's get to Ruben's place. Let's gas up the car. Well, again, this is somewhere <laughs> in Southern California. We cannot tell you where. Yeah. Get back in the rental car. Let's do it. All right. We're off. <laughs> Ruben Paul. Were you recording all this? No, no, no. Oh, I mean, okay. it was, but it's good. Don't, no. No is the answer. Okay. Uh, we're out of the park. We had to record a, We record our intro in a park down the street. What? Now we're in Ruben's I had to apartment. pick up some soccer tips because I'm a soccer coach to my kids. So we, oh. we went to a park to do a little multitasking. He almost got arrested. Almost got arrested. You can't just kids. watch kids play soccer. Yeah, that's creepy. Not I was taking days. video. I'm like, I'm stealing this drill. Dude, it's a good drill. Let me tell you, I went to, I love baseball. I'm, you know, as as we were talking before we started recording, I'm a huge sports fan. Yeah, you went to the World Series? So sometimes between auditions, yeah, I went to the World Series last night, which is awesome and considered one of the greatest World Series games of all time. Even Don't give lost. away when we're recording this. You went to the yeah, World Series two weeks the World ago. Series. Yes, World I, I, I went to the World Series. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I love sports so much, like sometimes between auditions, if I had like time to kill, yeah. One time I was driving by this park and it was a little league going on. So I just parked my car and went and watched the little league game. <laughs> oh boy. And I'm sitting there in the stands. And first of all, I'm the only black guy in the stands at this white little league baseball game. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, which kid is yours? And then realize I go, oh, I look like a black pedophile sitting <laughs> yeah. in, this, in these stands watching these these kids. And all the parents were like, so which one is yours? Do they I don't know. Them? One of the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one I want. You're about to find out which one's mine. I never, But I never thought twice about it. I just remember playing Little League and you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, hey, a Little League game. Let me stop. Yeah. I have an Wholesome. hour to kill. Yeah. See how they're doing. Yeah. And I did your show uh, the other night, Ruby Tuesdays, which is a killer show at the oh, Laugh thank Factory. You, man. Anyone yeah. who's in LA, if you get to LA, go to it every Tuesday, right? The Laugh Factory. It's every Tuesday night at the Laugh Factory. Ruby Packed Tuesday, out. spelled R U B E E, is a play on my name. And of course, the popular uh, eatery. Eatery and Beatles song, right? No, no, no. Didn't the Beatles Goodbye, have a song? Goodbye, Ruby, Ruby Tuesday. That's the Beatles. Yeah. All shout outs to my daughter, Ruby Tuesday. So. Oh, yeah. His daughter's <laughs> name is Ruby. Oh, your daughter's name so. is Ruby. That's cool. So, we yeah. We went by in New York the other day. Yeah, and I went, uh, we were somewhere. We went by, a ra- they had a Ruby Tuesdays. Oh, like near Times Square. Yes. And she looks at it and she goes, Named after Ruben show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's so Chinese. Because they stole his idea. She's, She's so, so Chinese. It's a world famous Times Square restaurant. Let's go there to experience it. 
It's literally like they named it after Ruben. I wish. Yeah. I wish. You should sue them. Yeah. No, but the show's been uh, the show's been going on for a little over two months, and um, dude, it's killer. Yeah, it's been great, man. I've been I've been fortunate enough because uh, been able to call on a lot of friends to come do the show and just show up, and then we have great pop ins. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, my relationship with like George Lopez came to do it. I ran into Arsenio. He asked to do the show. D.O. Hughley's done the show. Bill Burr, an old friend, has done the show. Russell Peters done the show multiple times. We had Tony Rock on 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 your show. Tony Rock is fantastic. Uh, Uh, Kaplan came, hung out. Kaplan came. Show. Yeah. Oh, Booby Gibson was there. (laughs) Yeah, Booby Gibson Gibson was there. Former NBA player. (laughs) Former NBA player was there, and Harlan Williams from uh, Half Baked and uh, yeah, that stuff. Dumb and Dumber and and all that stuff. He was he was there, and I've had Cheryl Underwood. I mean, I've had a little a lot of big names of people just coming to support. I just. Got a text message from Mark Curry wanting to do the show. Nice. Oh, we talked about him two yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. So he was one of the he was one of the guys. Yeah, he was one of the guys that I looked up to when I first before I even started doing comedy. So, you know, for somebody like that to reach out and go, yeah, man, just hit me up. I want to I want to do the show. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it's been great, man. And the thing is, you know, me and you have talked about this in private. Is when you do a show like this. Um, you know, you want it. To, you want to make it about the event, the night, and not necessarily who's going to be there, because yes. that's to how to make you, it sustainable. Yeah, that's when it's sustainable. And the good thing is, like you know, even Dion Cole uh, yeah. from Blackish dropped in a couple of weeks ago, and uh, when I worked on the Dev Jam thing, he was like, "Yo, I want to come back and do the show." So it's it's really it's been a really cool thing, and and to have uh, an idea and to see it come together. Um, yeah. Like it has is has been great, man, and and the support that I've gotten not only from the comedy community but even the fans that have come out and uh, you know with my show I promote diversity. That's that's what really I think sets my show apart from most shows. Totally is the diverse lineups and the audiences are you know they're they're with it. And they like it and there's something for somebody. Yeah, exactly. For everybody, it's like I all different say. types of people, all different types of acts. Yes. Every, like you see a different point of view every single comic. Yeah, and that know? to me that's important because sometimes like like I've said even in, in promos and other interviews that I've done is you know, comedy is very segregated and not people most people don't know that. You know, you kind of just pay money and go see a comedy show, but you know, uh you have black nights and Latino nights and gay nights and women nights and alternative nights. And you have all these nights, which are great and which are needed because all these different groups need exposure. Yeah. But I really wanted to do a night because I work all these shows. I just want to do a night where I got the best of everybody from all these different shows that I do and put them on one show. Yeah, and the other thing and that's, is that's you know what you're proving with that is that it works. Be- also, because everyone it's funny. Yes. Ultimately, it needs to be funny. Yes. You can't just have like funny oh, this is, is funny, all artin- alternative night. Oh yeah, everyone sucks, but they're alternative. Yeah. So go check it out. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and the night that I, that you you were on, you were the Asian comic. Is I was. Asian. <laughs> you were the Asian comic. Nice. Well, it's funny is when you started the Chinese. My boy looks at me and goes. I thought he was white. <laughs> <laughs> you just spent like five minutes introducing my whole backstory. Uh, yeah, I did his whole backstory. And then I, I tell the audience, this is the whitest guy I've ever met in my life, which you are. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're top five, one of the whitest <laughs> white guys I've ever met. You're easily top five. <laughs> I mean, I survive on mostly. I mean, pork. Cap, 
cap is, you know. Cap's top five Jewish. We're going to go get soul food after this. Yeah. That's, how, <laughs> that's how black. Compared to me. Compared to you, <laughs> yeah. me and Cap are going to go get soul food after this. But, you know, uh, but yeah, it was funny. Then you come up and then you start speaking Chinese. And I'm like, yeah, no, he really is white. Yeah. <laughs> he's from, he's from Sacramento. Here. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, because I do that. Like, well, I wasn't going to do it, but you introduced me that way. So I'm like, I might as well sit, you know? And then I figured at least someone, this is LA, at least someone would understand me. No. no. Zero people. Zero people. In New York, there's at least serious. a few who were like, whoa, he really is. Like, yeah. I know what he's saying. Yeah. yeah there was fucking nobody. <laughs> They're like, uh, what is he doing? <laughs> that was a blast. And you're from here. Born and raised wow. from LA, which doesn't happen very rare. often. Yeah. yeah, in comedy, I don't know. People come from everywhere to yeah. LA to do comedy, but your family is from Haiti. Yes, which is, that's what I wanted to talk about because we've had people on who it's like Haitian American, but like in New York, Haitian, like everyone's Haitian. Right. Oh yeah, dude. in LA, N- nobody's Haitian. It's like yeah. the the Paul. How they end up here? It's like I always I always say this. Like, I went to Montreal, which is kind of like. In, in terms of, they have a huge Haitian community in Montreal because okay. the, the national language is French. French. Yeah. And um, when I meet Haitians like from New York, it's the same thing. It's like, yo, my whole building was like all Haitians. And this, I never had that growing up. Like my family, we, I was isolated in, in that aspect. You know, and it's tough to grow up in an environment where you're the only one in your kind. Like, you know, you being Jewish, you know, like there's Jewish communities where you have events you can go to and and it's like that for Haitians, like Will Sylvans, no. you know, he grew up around a ton of Haitians and yeah, all these people. He grew up in a whole Haitian neighborhood or whatever, you know? I don't yeah. know if he did, but and then you have the food. To... Yeah. And then and then a lot of times, and he could attest to this, is like when you're in your own community, it's easier to navigate. Like when my father, when I when I finally went to college and my father moved immediately, I was hurt. I didn't understand. I was like, wow, why does he want to go back to my? Why does why does he want to live in Miami? Like, what's this? Oh, your dad moved to Miami. My ba- my parents moved to Miami when I graduated high school. Oh, okay. And I couldn't understand like why they wanted to leave California. And then as I've gotten older, I realized that it was hard on my dad. Like he didn't speak the language very well. Yeah. You know, there was no community there for him, so he was totally in a very foreign environment where if he'd have went to Miami, he would have never had to learn English. He can go to the store, yeah. he can go to the mall, and there'll be somebody there that can speak his language. There's a neighborhood called Little Haiti, in, which in, is not only, it's like a big, it's like a whole town. That's where my parents moved. Did they move there? They yeah, moved yeah. to Little Haiti. So it's one of those things where, you know, some of the things that I, that I took for granted. Uh, I remember years ago going to... Uh, to New York with a, an Italian friend of mine, and his mom lived in the Bronx in an Italian neighborhood. She didn't speak English. I go, oh. man, how long has your your family been here? He was like, mm, forty plus years. Yeah, <laughs> and you know she what? doesn't have to learn English because everywhere she goes, there's somebody who speaks Italian at the bank. Yeah. All the stores she goes to, they speak Italian. You know what I mean? So I get it. I mean, like when I lived in China. The first year, you get there, and you have all the best intentions. Like, I want to live around only Chinese people. I want to yeah. learn kung fu. Yeah. Whatever, you know? <laughs> wow, that sounded racist. I want to do best <laughs> intentions. Real. Best intentions. I know. Based I want to come I want to learn kung fu and eat kung pao chicken Chopsticks, all day. Chopsticks, baby. Yeah. The whole damn thing. Yeah. And then you do experience. that for a year. I can say that because I lived it. I literally did do that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't learn kung fu. You, yeah, where's this kung fu, actually? You go for a, <laughs> a year. Cat, where's the kung fu, yeah. Cat? Protect yeah, us. Don't know. test me. It's coming out. We're going to go to some areas in L.A. and see if you break that out. Hey, this is my friend Turner from China. <laughs> He's oh, he must know Kung Fu. White belt. White belt. <laughs> no pun. Uh, 
So you get there. And then you do that, like six to eight months of doing that, of yeah. like, I'm only going to be around. And then at some point, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it all falls apart. And yeah. then you meet like some guy from England, another guy from America, a guy from Ireland or whatever. And then you find like a, a bar where like the foreign people hang out. Mm -hmm. And then two, like three years later, you realize like yeah. you're not around any Chinese people anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Watching, uh, just uh, football own. and. Because uh, here's the most, yeah. most people, you just. Uh, I mean, we learned this from when we were kids, and I, I say it in my act. I mean, most people just want to feel, you just want to feel comfortable. You totally. just you just want to fit in, and it's when. But that's the good thing sometimes about being outside of your comfort zone because it educates you more. So, you know, as you get older. But when I was a kid, man, you just want to fit in with the rest of the kids, and when there's no reference, when none of the kids eat the same type of foods you eat. When you're going to school and everybody pulls out their, you know, their lunch, you know, there's not, <laughs> there's no other kid eating fried bananas, you know, at lunch. Did you guys really have fried bananas? Oh yeah, peanut yeah. butter. You know, everybody I'll else pack is eating peanut butter on Monday. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, bologna sandwiches, and here I am, you know, with Haitian food. Now, of course, my mom was sensitive to that, so then she started. You know, making American type, you know, like regular sandwiches and yeah. chips and your juice box and your apple. So I'd have the all American meal, but I had to grow and develop to that. You know what and I mean? And were kids like mean or were they interested or like both? I, I grew up in an all black community in the hood. They were, <laughs> they, they tortured me. Really? Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Which neighborhood? Uh, <laughs> I grew up, I grew up right on the border of Carson and Compton. And, okay. But see, if I say Compton Carson. Yeah, but if I if, like literally when I say Carson, I'm like, man, you ain't from the hood, and I'm like, really? The only difference between Compton and Carson is we, you know, we have an IKEA. <laughs> so, okay, and now a soccer stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. But so people don't, people don't look at Carson as hood, but growing up, you got to understand the community I grew up in <clears throat> before, you know, the, something called white flight took place. So there used to, like, ideally, Carson used to be Compton. And then they separated the cities like in the 70s where they made it uh, is it either the late 60s or the 70s where they became two separate cities. So what happened, Carson became a city that if you if you're a, uh, an African-American living in Los Angeles and you wanted a and you had a good job or whatever, Carson would be the neighborhood you'd move to... So it was like a marketing thing almost? So it wasn't called Compton because Compton had a bad reputation? No, no, I... I I, I wouldn't say that was the the issue. I just think, um, for whatever reason, uh, during that time, I, 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 was, I wasn't born then, but during that time when, I mean, I'm sure you had the Watts riots and all those things that pre preceded a lot of this. Yeah. For whatever reason, they became two cities. I don't know the okay. reason why, yeah. but I just know um, from what my friend's parents told me, they were like, yo, we grew up, we 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 lived in Watts, and then, you know, then my husband got a job working for blah blah blah, and I was a school teacher, so we wanted to get out of this community. So they, Carson was a, an affluent, considered an affluent black community. Got it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. which is affluent for us was lower middle class. Right. Okay. So Carson was a lower middle class, and that's where. So when you drive to my neighborhood, like if you're from Brooklyn or if you're from the Bronx, if you you know if you're from the projects, and you go, this is the hood. Like it's two story homes, and I see. you know, it whole. Looks different. It, looks, it like. looks different. You know, our our hoods look different anyway. Because even if I took you to South Central, some of the hardest parts, 
if I brought, uh, you know, black comedians from New York do these jokes all the time, man, first time I went to L.A., I'm like, you guys gangbang and you have a front yard? Like, you have grass. Okay, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So no, it's when just... When I lived here, I noticed that. You'd be driving, uh-huh. and then you wouldn't even know. You're like, all of a sudden, like, you're in a neighborhood, and you're like, oh, my mind tells me this is, you know, like... I've heard this. Yeah, you say Compton. But, yeah. but, you, but it looks nice on the like, surface. Like, you're like, oh, that's Every yeah. East Coast yeah. person that I know, yeah. white, black, yeah. other, that comes to California, and I take them to the hood, they go, wait a minute. They this is where people do drive-bys? Yeah, they want to see, like, drive-bys. St- drive- <laughs> yeah. you say that it's, like, at night, it like, go during the day versus going at night? Is like yeah. Well, night is a whole different experience. Like Valencia, Spain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different experience. But they always tell you... Um, and I'm, I'm I'm sure this is a just an American type thing, but definitely in California. Like if you're looking for a new apartment or if you're house hunting, they always tell you go to the area at night when people are home because everything looks peaceful during the day. Yeah, because most people are at work or doing whatever. But if you really want to see what a neighborhood is like, go around six or seven o'clock. Yeah, you'll get a real good idea of the type of neighborhood you're moving into. That's a very LA. So I remember when I looked at apartments here. And we were in an area, and the broker was like, it was like Culver City, yes, I think. And it's is, like, but these yeah. areas, they blend. You don't know if you're, and he's trying to sell it. Yeah. And he's like, this is a nice area. He's like, you know, if you, you and your woman get in a fight, yeah. and she needs to blow off steam and just walks out, you can feel okay. Like, she will, she'll be okay in this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is something I, I didn't have a girlfriend you're at the like time. You were like 23? I was like 22. I know girlfriend, but like, this was like a weird thought to put in my head. I was like, I don't know. Babe, why did you <laughs> choose this place? Well, if me and you got into an argument, you can go outside and not get murdered. <laughs> I don't need to bring the weight whistle. I don't know what the hell he meant. But I mean, I hate you. Need, I hate you right now, I but I don't want, want you to get, get killed. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need Turner's Kung Fu to protect you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Turner can, hey, man, Turner can move anywhere because yeah, 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 yeah. he knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't ban these, man. Yeah, can't ban these hands, man. And so, what, did you? Were you going to any? Um, like mix, there was no such thing as like a Haitian mixer, like a kids growing nothing, up together. Nothing, nothing. That's why it's become a real calling card for my comedy because I realized what a unique. Well, it's not. Well, it's unique to it me. It is unique, man. But it's the fish out of water story. I think is a universal story for anybody. Like people can relate to, at on some level, feeling like you're an outcast or you just don't fit in. So I never quite felt like. I totally fit in. Like, I had great friends and everything, but culturally it was just so different. Like, you know, I, I played I played sports growing up, and, you know, football, basketball, and baseball is not a big sport in Haiti. So my parents never went to any of my games. So as a kid, like, you see all the other parents participating, and everyone kind of felt sorry for me in a way. Like, wow, uh, you know, like I was came from some, you know, divorced single yeah. parent. You know what I mean? Like the stereotype is in our community. But like, nah, I got a mom and dad at home. They just don't understand this sport and they have no interest in coming to Washington. Plus, my parents were missionaries, so they had different ideas of what entertainment was. Like my parents didn't watch TV. They didn't go to movies. What did they do? What was their entertainment? Church. You know, yeah, they yeah. were. I grew up in a really religious home so it was for my parents it was just work feed the poor raise kids and go to church that's pretty good you know what what i mean so that 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 was their thing so for me growing up like the fact that i'm a comedian is amazing because (laughs) i wasn't even allowed to go to the movies until i was until you know we just had a conversation with it was a religious thing and just a culture thing because my parents i don't know my parents have never my 
you know, they passed. But my parents never been went to a movie before. They never paid by ticket and oh sat gosh. in a movie theater and Is watched that a the movie. Thing or a missionary thing? It's a cultural thing. I, th- I think you know. I don't know. You know, I, I'm sure religion, you know, served that, which which had more of an effect on my brother and sister than it did on me because I'm I'm ten, I'm ten years. There's a ten year gap between my brother and sister to me. Okay. So by the time my parents got to me, they were exhausted. Like a lot of the traditions. Oh, they're that, ten years older. Yes. Yeah. My brother and sister are ten years older than me. Ten, eleven years older than me. So. By the time I was born, like my sister's, like you have no idea how good you have it. Like okay. we, we weren't allowed to do this. We weren't allowed to do that. When and I think, you know, as they got older, and my parents figured out the mistakes they made with my brother and sister in America. They they were a little bit more lax I with see. me and allowed me to do things. Like Cap, if you have a kid, like eight years from now, you're yeah. gonna be like the most hands off parent of all time. Uh, I think I'm not already. Yeah, you're already teaching me the Haitian ways of how to yeah how to be tougher with it. No movies. I'm gonna ban the movies. That's a good yeah. Yeah, that's a dude. Good one. I couldn't. So it was weird. So you you take not being able to do the same things, not being able to listen to the same music, not being able, not eating the same food. So it was you know I was the weird. Weird kid. My house was the weird house. When kids are talking about movies in school, you just don't know what they're talking about. They're talking about music. No, but I, you know, a lot of it I got, I learned from my friends because when you go outside, once once you're outside of your parents' jurisdiction, you know, like if I'm like, yeah, they can't control everything. So I, I would go and my friends like, yo, you've never heard this song, and then I would listen to the song. Like you know, we'd I'd have movie nights at my friend's house where we used to watch. Everything from Sylvester Stallone movies to Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and all that stuff. Now, I don't want to make it seem like my parents never evolved. They did evolve. Like, they got cable. But my parents didn't watch it. They got it. for Everything was for the kids. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? So they got... H, we, I mean, you know, we we got cable and I these different things. You know, so I was but, able to, but my parents, I I was able to watch football games and baseball. But my my dad never sat down it. with me and watched a game with me. This is why it's good that you should continue to keep going to little league games, even if you don't. <laughs> some kid there, might parents aren't coming, and they yeah, can point exactly. at you and be like, "That's Absolutely. my dad. That's my Pretend. dad right there. That's my <laughs> black dad." Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> a game with a black kid. <laughs> kid. Yeah, this could be like a Swedish kid. Yeah, his parents are like. We don't like sports. <laughs> yeah, you never know. It was weird, and it was it was hard at first, but then my parents kind of explained it to me because it's like they never came my game, and even the coaches and stuff. They're like they're wondering, like where are your parents? Like, but again, my parents would pick me up from practice. Their reasoning then, was just they weren't interested, or they didn't it, think that wasn't think something you had to do. It to wasn't important. Let me tell you, man. When you come from Haiti and you grew up in the poverty my parents grew up in, like going to a baseball game is like. For them, and maybe like like we're trying to figure out now. I mean, I wish I could have the conversation with them now, but um, I think the combination of of religion and then just coming from just pure poverty, you know, they didn't grow up. My parents didn't grow up with a TV, so it wasn't you know, like a top of the list of priorities. It wasn't a top of priorities. Excessive luxury that like you don't even yeah. think about it. It's not waste. important. So yeah. to them, like sports is just a hobby to me. Like they didn't. My parents didn't realize how important sports were until I started getting scholarship offers. Then yeah. they're like, wait, wait, they're going to give you money? <laughs> You're good enough to for people to give you money where we don't have to pay for school? So that was that was like their first – when I had co- – you know, Marvin Lewis, the coach of uh, – the when he came to do a home, that he recruited me out of high school. Marvin Lewis is the Bengals? The Bengals coach. He was already coach then because he was coaching – 
He was he he, he coached at the university when he recruited me. He was at he was either at Pitt. No, he was at the University of New Mexico because oh. then he went to Pitt afterwards. So we did the whole home visit thing. How was that? So a football, a college football coach comes into your home and talks to your parents and tells them about like why you're good enough at this sport of football to get go to college for free. And you know, here with my parents, and this this <laughs> wow, wait. you just fucking brought, brought brought back a memory to me, and I'll never forget it. I've, well, it's three things I remember. I never heard my mom like. My mom is my mom. She's married to my dad. And I never heard her ever talk about somebody being handsome. <laughs> but she said that about Marvin Lewis. She's oh. like, he's a really handsome man. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's the strangest thing I've ever heard come <laughs> out of my mother's mouth because she was just so asexual to me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second and third thing that I remember was she goes, they're going to pay for your school? <laughs> and I go, yeah. And she goes, that's good. <laughs> and I go, yeah. But the flip thing, my, I remember them telling me, like, we don't care if you go to college or not, as long as you're able to take care of yourself. So that's oh, okay. a really third world immigrant mentality. At that time, like my parents, my parents never really stressed education. That they were just like. Don't get bad grades. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it wasn't like it's you funny. need to go to college, you need to do this. That's like the stereotype of immigrants is that though. Like go it's to college, comp- get it, become a doctor, blah, blah, blah. Well, what, a great stat that I just heard, I, I think like 90%, I'm I could be exaggerating. So whoever's listening to this, don't fucking no, that's call the whole point Turner. Yeah, we don't. make up lies. We yeah. say exaggeration. So, it's so like 90, <laughs> 90% of the the black people that go to Harvard are yeah. like Haitian. Wow. Because there's a huge Haitian community in, and in, in Boston. <laughs> Malia Trump. I mean, Malia, Malia, Malia Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, it's, so that in itself, I was like, wow. But yeah, but now I think, you know, when immigrants come to the country, this country, they come for education. Yes. You know, I know a bunch of Africans. You know, they they leave Africa to come here to study. I mean, the Chinese, Chinese do that. They come here to study. In but mm. at that time, like, my parents were very simple people you know what i mean so Were my they... mom was like they just didn't want to pay for me as an adult <laughs> that yeah, was their i see so whatever you have to do for us not to pay we're all on Sounds board good. for that were they poor in haiti oh yeah okay well they weren't like wealthy Haitians oh no who no, came no, to no, no 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 not at all and no, how they, they choose los angeles is that, if um so... well uh the missionaries that brought my oh, parents to this country right. okay um and that's who my sister is named after one of the missionaries oh cool so uh, both my parents were orphans, so I didn't have grandparents or anything growing up. So one thing that lends to the diversity in my comedy and just in my way of life is those missionaries that brought my parents over kind of became my surrogate grandparents because, like, we didn't know anything about... My parents didn't know anything about holidays and Thanksgiving and yeah. all that stuff, so we would go over to the Pooler's house, and those were the missionaries, and they lived in Upland, which is a, a suburb... Uh, a city out probably 40 minutes outside of Los Angeles. It was this all-white neighborhood, but that's what we would do. We would go, this black family would go to, the, you know, this family of immigrants would go to these missionaries' houses and we would celebrate. And then my parents, you know, caught on to the American tradition, so we would have Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, but not how other people did. Like, even when I started dating Oh, yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> it was, like, when I started dating one one girlfriend in particular who we dated, she was, like, my high school sweetheart. Um, that's, like, the first time, like, I was like, 
just saw like a real family, uh, like a, what I would, what most probably people considered a normal family. Like you know, American like, family. Yeah, like they, like on holidays, they had all these relatives that would come over, like, man, you got cousins and grandparents, and they would all sit down, have, you know, where we were just, it was just my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister, and then the occasional immigrant that would come and live with us when they were trying to transition into the U.S. Okay. Like our house literally became a halfway house, hmm. you know, for immigrants. So, whether my my parents had friends in you know in Mexico or in Colombia or whatever foreign country, and when they would come to the U.S., they would live at our place for a little while before they got on their feet and they would move somewhere else. That's why I don't do this joke anymore. But my friends would be like, "Yo, man, uh, who, what are them all? What are all those Mexicans doing at your house? Okay. What are all those?" Because it was so strange because we had different families living with us at any given time. So that's wow. how I grew And they were all affiliated with the church. Was all through the, yeah. They're all affiliated with the church. So they would come and live with us. I remember literally coming home from school and there was a Mexican kid that was fucking in my bed when I came home from school. No <laughs> warning, no anything. And I'm like, Mom, who's that? <laughs> who's in my bed? It's like, oh, and these are my, oh, that's your brother. I'm like, my brother? This motherfucker just got here. What do you, what do you mean he's my brother? No. You know what I mean? And the kid shit under my bed. No. Like, and really? I'm like, how small do you have to be to shit under a bunk bed? Not he didn't shit. There's the top level of the bunk what bed. Do you mean he shit under the bed? Yeah, how do you get under there? I have. <laughs> I just remember looking for a toy and seeing a pile, a pile of human shit oh, under no. my bed, and that's a mom. <laughs> that's how you heard mom. The brothers got to go. <laughs> the brothers got to get the fuck out yeah. of here. <laughs> every brother to do go. Not tell, don't tell Trump that story. Yeah, that's why we don't want them in there. They're shitting under our beds. <laughs> shitting under hardworking Americans. You just gave me a new joke, Cap. Oh, yeah. I'll be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> Holy <you>. shit. <laughs> What a great that! Oh my God, that's go. funny. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit, that's funny. Yeah, that's why we don't want them here. They're shitting under our beds. <laughs> oh my God, that's you let them funny. In they shit, shit under, under your beds, beds. Yeah. Like, or just don't have bunk beds. Yeah. So that was kind of, and that's why when when I tell, and there's this other weird thing, and, and Russell Russell Peters, I have to say his last name, so you guys won't go Russell who, but that's the one thing that he laughs at me about. Because when I see Haitians, I get way excited, like yeah. too excited. Where I, like I'll be in New York and Russell, and then uh, Russell like, yeah, this dude's. I'm like, dude, you're Haitian. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> do the handshake. Yeah. Wait, like, can I relate this to something? <laughs> yeah, and they're this is and, so... and they're like, yeah, I'm Haitian, dude. And I go, dude, I'm sorry, I'm from L.A. I didn't grow up around any Haitians and this and that. And they're like, oh, okay, dude, this happened. This used to happen to me. When I was I first got out to China, the uh -huh. town I was in in Suzhou at that time, 2004, there was no like foreigners out there. It was all Chinese people, right? Okay, yeah. And except I worked for like seven or eight like American whatever Canadian people. Beyond our group, there was nobody. So you would be at like the supermarket, mm -hmm. and you would see some other guy down the two aisles away, and you run over to him and be like, "Yo, what are you doing? Where are you from? Why are you here? What's going on?" And he'd be like, "Oh, cool, nice to meet you too." Yeah. And then I remember going into Shanghai uh -huh. where there's like a hundred thousand foreign people. And yeah. doing that, uh -huh. like, whoa, what are you doing here? And people look at you like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you talking? Yeah, to me? I've been, li I've, dude, I've been. <laughs> I don't here. know you. Get I'm, away. I'm trying to leave. I've been here for milk. And I'm like, it's not cool that we're both from the same country. Uh, yeah, Russell introduced me to a Haitian boxer. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. 
And it, which even made it worse, we were in Montreal, where damn near every black person in Montreal is Haitian. Yeah. Okay. And Russell's like, hey, uh, so my buddy Ruben, he's Haitian. And the dude was like, he That's just kind of he just kind of yeah. nodded his like, head, oh, yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I'm Haitian." Yeah, be excited. I know it's yeah. the worst feeling. It's, uh, you, you're dude, excited it's, it's, and they're not. It's humiliating. You feel like an idiot. And then when yeah. you explain it to them, they're like, "Oh, okay." But the funniest shit ever is uh, how we came, to, how me and Russell came to understand this. Russell was so excited to introduce me. That we're in Vegas. Russell was so excited to introduce, and this is two separate boxers. It was, uh, and I don't want to knock this guy. He's actually about to fight um, Deontay Walder. I think his name is, his last name is Stavern. Okay. So Russell goes, I guess he's talking to Stavern. He's like, yo, you got to meet my buddy Ruben, man. He's Haitian. <laughs> so I came up to him like, yo, man, I'm Haitian. He was like, Great. okay, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> and then he walks away and, then go, and Russell goes, how come no Haitians are ever excited to meet you? Because <laughs> they all know other Haitians. They all know other Haitians, right. dude. Yeah. Like I'm the one who grew up with without any Haitians. So that is kind of, as you know, has led into, you know, has really it's, informed my comedy and fueled my comedy now. Totally. And, and has opened up, you know, lots of doors for me. Because when I first started doing comedy, a lot of it was observational type stuff, which was great. And... I was able to make a living doing it and get TV spots, et cetera, et cetera. But to be able to tell your your story and to be able to, you know, it, it really makes you different because, you know, my story is is my story. You know totally. what I mean? There's no other Haitian community. No, and even Haitian other Haitian group. comedians don't have your story. Exactly. Because you have the story of, like, no one but, yeah. knew what I was. So when people talk about Will Sylvans, who I love, I'm like, yeah, you know, there's different types of Haitian comedians now. Totally. You know what I mean? Two different so things. Two, two totally different things. things. We can be on the same yeah. show together and everything will be fine because his Haitian experience is way different than my I've Haitian I've seen both experience. of you guys a bunch. I don't think it overlaps at all. At all. At all. Because my experience, even when I went to, I did a show, I remember doing, first time I did a show in Florida when I started doing the Haitian stuff. And first of all, I mean, not saying this in a bragging way, like, I mean, I'd pretty much do well everywhere I go. I've never, but, yeah, I've never but, seen you not do well. <laughs> thank you. But, <laughs> I but, can back that up. <laughs> but in Miami, dude, oh, like it's almost like they wanted, like, like I just kicked the game-winning field goal, and they're carrying me off on their shoulders. <laughs> That's your home home court. Yeah, yeah, because there's Haitians there. People understand the Haitian culture there, but the but, fact that I'm a fish out of water, like there, it just. Holy shit. Yeah, like, both angles. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's a whole different angle for them. Like, I, I was destroying so hard, and Russell goes, I told you, dude. Like, it was it was insane because they've like probably Russell seen Peters. a bunch of Haitian comedians, but they never saw one who was basically a pariah in their own community. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think ultimately it was better for you to grow up this way, or would you rather oh, have been around? Nah, it was cocoon, much better than me because it's going to make me a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so, you know what I mean? So it was... It's better this way, but going through it, man, I would have switched places in a heartbeat really? because yeah. it, it was it wasn't fun. To be, let me tell you, and you know, I say this on stage: to be embarrassed of who you are is a tough way to grow up. So you were actually embarrassed. I was I was embarrassed to be Haitian. Man, that's a bummer. You know, and like most kids, just worry about if your parents have a raggedy car or something. It's like, hey, mom, don't drop me off in front of the school, <laughs> or don't don't kiss me on my mouth in front of my friends. It's yeah. like I didn't want people to know I was Haitian. You know what I mean? So to start doing comedy, like I have friends who've known me for 15 years 
and probably haven't seen me perform in a while. And they go, dude, I've, I, I had no idea you're a Haitian. Oh, really? Because I never talked about it when I first started. If doing you don't stand-up. talk about it, it's not apparent. You know, you wouldn't know. Exactly. You know, and that's why I have material that fuels that also is the fact that, you know, so like I'm some undercover agent, uh, you know, but I was, I just didn't want people to know. Like when, when people, when girls used to call my house or even friends used to call my house, you know, when landlines were around, yeah. <laughs> um, I would dive to answer the phone because I didn't want, I didn't the want accent. them to hear really? my parents' accent. So you make up like, a story with the girls where you're oh from? Oh, my or? God, dude. <laughs> dude, I remember being on the phone. You know, when you're a kid, like, you, you stay on the phone late after your parents tell you to go to bed. And then I would, my father would be, Wuben, <laughs> you, I told you go sleep to a, uh, uh, and you'd then pick up the phone? Yeah, he'd pick uh, up the phone uh, and no. fucking be yelling at me on the phone. And then it'd hang <laughs> up. And there's this dead silence. And then you just, uh, you just hear, you like, dude, it would be dead silence cap. And all you hear is like, who is that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, let's cancel that movie tomorrow. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> yeah. I have plans. Dude, to hear a chick go, who was that? Oh. And then you go, um, that was my dad. Why do your parents talk so funny? Oh, What's wrong no. with your parents? Why do your parents talk like that? Oh, no. So all these explanations, man, just builds this shame over the years, man. Even it's just, It was one of those things, man, where... Um, now at this moment, I'm thoroughly grateful, and I'm embarrassed that I used to be embarrassed. When was and the I, switch? I wish I could apologize to my parents. Um, like, I think the... the switch came with me more when I started working with Russell because he was really because you know he's so huge globally, and he was just like, "Why don't you talk about being Haitian?" Yeah. So that and was not that long ago, ten years ago or something, or yeah, less? probably. I started talking about being Haitian probably in the last. Six or seven years. Wow. Probably right when I met you. Yeah. Close to that time, like right before that time. So maybe it could be 10. Um, And it's it's just made a huge difference in everything that I've done. And like I said, I'm I'm embarrassed now that I used to be so embarrassed about it. But I just didn't know any better. I'm just a kid trying to survive and and try to have friends and just... I mean, it's bad enough being a kid trying to fit in. All the time they try to fit in. I mean... My son, he just told me he wants to get a haircut because some girls in, in kindergarten ma- told him he looks like a girl. This is in New York City. Really? Like, really? He looks like a girl's hair's too long. Yeah. And uh, so he wants to get a haircut now. And I'm like, it, you know, I'm like, you're trying to be a rock star, man. Don't listen to them. But yeah. <laughs> and see, I didn't have a, 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 I didn't have the type of parents that would talk me out of that because they didn't know any better themselves because yeah. they were trying to trying to fit in. So for me, it was just, I, I'm, I, dude, I'm, I'm just. For everything to be foreign to you and you're living and you're born in a country and, quote, unquote, you wouldn't know I was Haitian unless I told you. So imagine, you know, going over your friend's house like, come, boy, come over here and get some of these black eyed peas. Yeah. You're like, black eyed what? Oh, no. You know, well, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like. And they're like, what? You don't yeah, know what that is? Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. Boy, you ain't never had no peach cobbler before. Like, uh, what's peach? Boy, you be, make him a plate of peach. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So I always tell people I'm Haitian, but I feel like I had an African-American upbringing because I totally assimilated to, your friends and, yeah. to my friends, man. Yeah. And I learned everything from them. And that's why even now, even if you take culture and everything out, 
if you don't raise your kids, somebody else will. Whether it's their your friends or, or you know, cap raise your kids. Cap raise your kids. Send them to I'm going to get peach cobbler and get them Haitian. Give them to Wilson. He don't know nothing about no peach cobbler. Shit, that's not a Haitian dessert. And then okay, that's amazing. Another thing I want to talk about, just briefly, because I did mention it earlier, is when we first met, that was in Hong Kong. Yes, we met in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then we went straight to Macau. Oh, man. Oh, yeah! And then <laughs> oh, we set a record, a set of rule that it still exists at the MGM Hotel in Macau today that you're not allowed to give free alcohol to the comedians. What did you guys do? What? Uh, what happened? What man, was the, dude, we, it's their fault. They, it was open bar, uh, and we went on the tequila. I think. Yeah, oh, did man. You trash we, the place. You're throwing TVs no, out of rooms. No, no, or no, no. no. It was. Yeah, we can't get into specifics, but we, <laughs> yeah. we, we had a we we had a great time. But well. Oh, and we, I one thing. Sorry, before you go. Ahead. That I've seen you do your material, your act about growing up in L.A. Growing, all different neighborhoods. Yeah. With Haitian, being Haitian American. I've seen you do that in China and everyone can relate to it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's funny because like a less experienced comic will come up to me and go, uh, so you're not going to be able to do that L.A. stuff. And I go, that's I, can, I can do that anywhere in the world. And he's like, how? I go, because I'm talking about me. It's, it's my experiences and I just explain everything to them. And I try to write in that way comedically now. So... I write in a way where I don't have to not do my jokes just because I'm somewhere else. Totally, you yeah. know, because I never. I tried want... to follow that pattern, by the way. It's it's, a, it's important, man, because you want to be able to be yourself at all times. I, I never want to have to pander or go, "Hey, man." They want to hear these types of jokes. Like, tonight. what's the what's the local uh, bar oh where everyone God. goes? What's the local strip club? Like, if you hear comics do that, I still yeah. hear comics. Uh, yeah. Same. Hey, what's a good local restaurant that I can make fun of that everyone hates? Yeah, <laughs> and, and here's the thing: it's it's okay to to want to um, be familiar with your surroundings and maybe make reference to something, but you shouldn't do it just for the laugh. You should you you should do it for your experience. Like you know, whenever I'm in China, one thing I always try to do, or wherever I am, not just China. I could be in Sacramento. I can be anywhere, especially if I'm not familiar with the place. I like to go out and kind of explore. And then talk about it on stage from my perspective. Like, I'm not going to go to China and do I'm the only black guy in China jokes because Everyone. if there's been a black guy in China, he's probably <laughs> done, done that joke. I can, I can confirm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, that, you know, I just want to be as, as honest and as personable and as personal as I can be on stage. Yeah. And that will ensure originality to a, a certain level. Totally. You know, I don't have to... I don't have to worry about people talking about Crazy Gladys because that's my actual sister. Sister, yeah. You know what I mean? Gladys. So I don't have to, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, have you to just do go, that. No one's talking about your sister. It's, you're the only one talking about your sister. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. You hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there might be a comedian that she's affected their lives. I'll be talking about, I got robbed by a bitch named Gladys. <laughs> Hey man, that's Ruben's my like, bit. Damn that's it, my, you're doing my material. You're doing my material. Uh, you know you're material Please change the name. You got robbed by your sister? No, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And now, which is the coolest thing, you're doing. Uh, you're involved with Def Jam, the new uh, Def Comedy Jam coming out. Well, 
Right? We got it. We got to click. It's called all deaf comedy because oh, for sorry. whatever reason they can't say. But you were on Def Jam in the in the uh, in the late nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did. I was able to do Def Comedy Jam, which when I first started, which was awesome. Um, and now you're doing it. It's all deaf comedy with um, Tony Rock is the host. Yes. And it's gonna be. It's gonna debut in December. And um, I didn't perform on the show. I just uh, assisted, assisted him. Um, and writing and doing stuff for the show. I was the head writer on the show, which was cool. That so twenty, th- I saw the twenty fifth anniversary thing on Netflix. Yes. Have you seen that, Kaplan? It's amazing. It. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Like, absolutely <laughs> loved it. I was showing. I was like, yeah, you got to watch this because, like, yeah, hates like uh, alt comedy. I would say is the term, but like, white comedy. When she's coming out to like comedy clubs with me, not every night, but she yeah. comes probably once a week. Oh. I would say, yeah, that's a good way. To, like the comedy where the guy has like black black frame glasses, and every joke is like a reference to like some Deep Space Nine episode. Yeah, and if you have to be in on it to get it, and I was like, okay, just sit down and watch this. And yeah, it's like these people actually care. Like it's like just people putting forth energy and effort and effort, right? Yeah. And like if a joke bombs, it's because you. You went all like there's risk, yeah. to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in really going for a joke. There's no risk in standing there and like being like, well, I don't care about this one. I exactly. Don't care about this one. I love, I loved it, man. Yeah. Um, it, it's here's the thing, man. When Dev Jam, when Dev Comedy Jam came around, uh, there was nothing like it. It was it and had Martin nev- was it, like unbelievable. He had never no no one had ever seen a black comedy show before. That was new to the world. To see a show showcasing African-American talent doing comedy didn't exist. So um, Dev Jam created something that was very special. Um, so years later, you know, what it's morphed into now with Russell Simmons doing all deaf comedy, that's what it's called, all deaf comedy, um, to be a part of that, anything that Russell Simmons does and for the host to trust me, to bring me in and, and, you know, for Tony to have that confidence in me um, was real cool. You know, and I've done, you know, I've done lots of cool things in, in my career and worked with some of the biggest names in comedy. But it's kind of cool to be involved in something that's going to air on HBO. And when the credits roll, Boom. my name will, will be on it. And not as a performer, which is bittersweet sometimes. Yeah, but, but I mean to be involved in it more heavily than just you're we'd be involved in every episode. Exactly. The whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Which is which I had to look at it before because as a performer you want to perform. Sure. And it's like, yeah, I did Def Jam before. It's like, man, why am I not why am I not doing all Def comedy? But you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And to be honest with you, I'm I'm working that even if it was offered to me at this moment, I wouldn't have wanted to do it, you know, as a performer because I'm working on the special, and we're going to be doing the special soon. And I'm really um, consumed with Ruby Two's Ruby. Yeah, doing not only doing a my own special, but possibly doing a Ruby Tuesdays special or even a series. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So um, those are some of the things that are that are in the works. There used to be the show in New York called Live at Gotham or Gotham Comedy Live. Yeah, it went. It's gone. Oh, they got rid of it. Yeah, and there's this massive void now in live weekly comedy from a club. Yeah. You know, they had like Caroline's in the 80s, mm-hmm. live at Caroline's, yeah. and then the improv comedy hour. Yeah, and then they had uh, the Laugh Factory used to host. It was called Comic Strip Live. Comic Strip Live, but the Laugh Factory? Yeah, it was at the Laugh Factory. Man, Ruby Tuesday Bo- should be the next one. Yeah, man. before before I started doing comedy. That'd be amazing. Yeah, before I started doing comedy, there used to be a show called... And it used to air on Fox. Okay. And it was called, I want to say it was called Comic Strip Live. And um, 
they used to shoot it at the Laugh Factory. My my old uh, manager Pat Buckles used to yeah. to book it. Shout out Pat Buckles, man. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, she used to book it, and that's where George Lopez and all these, you know, big name Let's comics do it. ended Let's up. Let's get it done. Yeah, so that that's the vision for. Ruby Tuesdays amongst, you know, doing more television and film and, and stuff like that. And we've only been doing the show, I said, a little over two and a half months. You know what I mean? So to get the support and wanting people, like my inbox is filled with people wanting to I'm do sure. Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's funny because when you're on the show, like, hey, who the fuck is that guy? I'm, I'm like, sure everyone was saying <laughs> that. <laughs> was like, Who the fuck is Turner? <laughs> like, uh, he's one of my best friends and shut the fuck up. He's on my show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking right, buddy. <laughs> Amazing. So, so, yeah, that's that's been a cool thing. So, yeah, so just uh, keep looking for, you know, future projects from me. All right, let's get to the news. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. You got to stay around. It's your place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't go anywhere. We're, we're gonna we're place. gonna do it, we're gonna do it here regardless. Yeah. <laughs> we got old news wrapped up in old blues. We can't afford the call. No, we don't know. All right, we're back. First news story of the week. Woman drives wrong way down expressway for 10 kilometers. and 10 then kilometers? Bla- but then blames the GPS. Well, first thing that comes to my mind is, <laughs> I mean, the stereotype is alive and well with that one. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I've always told people, and I've challenged other comedians who do the hacky Asians can't drive. Well, I thought you were going to say women. women can't drive, but <laughs> Asians are women. I know where we're going. <laughs> Could go both ways. Well, I mean, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't matter what race they are. Um, but one thing that when I came back from China that I found fascinating was I thought that they drove, I didn't see one accident. In China. Yeah, that's true. You don't see accidents. You see, and most like a fender bender, but that's it. Except the one taxi you put me in, and the dude literally was going like over a hundred miles per hour, taking me. Like I was one of the most terrifying rides. <laughs> Where was that? Was, uh, when what's the Pudong? Oh yeah, out to the airport in Shanghai. Yeah, it, w- we had just finished the shows uh, in Shanghai, and you put me. <laughs> I think that's like my fault. You put me in the cab. <laughs> We've had two cab experiences, <laughs> but this one was heading to the airport. I guess I couldn't remember why. I think you had to head back to Shuzhou. Andy was. MI- oh, it was like one hour in the opposite direction, direction where I was going. Yeah, up, two hours the other way. Yeah, and, and uh, of course, uh, Andy's MIA as usual. I Andy. blame Andy. <laughs> I know Andy's not going to listen to this. Yeah, as usual, Andy. Andy couldn't take me. Andy so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys decided. And then Andy's uh, Andy's <laughs> really selling out Andy's Andy. solution to everything is if you have any problems, just call me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I got to be able to have the conversation with the Chinese guy to even let him know that he's going to be talking to you. And like, just hand him the phone to use his phone to call you. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, you guys ended up getting me. Yeah, you're. That's what happened. You were supposed to go into. You're going in the opposite direction. Andy had a meeting, so you guys got me a cab, and supposedly you had explained everything already. Yeah. And then I realized everything wasn't totally explained. But, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I didn't die on the way there. But back to this chick who can't yeah. drive. Well, I mean, at least she, she had. There's a video of her like where she's explained to the police officer that she was just following the GPS and shows. Yeah, them. she claims it's not her fault. She was driving down the highway. <laughs> yeah, but on the wrong side. Right, and, and now I'm it's a, like split. Can like I tell four. her? Can I tell you that I be, I believe her? Oh yeah. And you know, I know I know why. Because <laughs> when our way over here. <laughs> I was. I lived in LA for two years. I was like a messenger. I drove everywhere. I know these streets still pretty you well. Pre-internet. Pre-internet. But Thomas Guides was our GPS, and I was telling you how to get here from the valley, and you were like, "I'm putting it in ways, and I'm only listening to the GPS." No, that's because two nights ago we were driving around after Ruby Tuesdays. I'm trying to get home. This guy's hammered, drunk, and we missed like 17 different turns. I was. I don't remember that because I was drunk. You were drunk. You were hammered at Ruby Tuesdays, dude. You were yeah. hammered, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's two different things. GPS. I trust GPS over a drunk guy, but in broad daylight, I knew how to get here. You were like, "I'm going with the GPS." GPS sent you the wrong way. You would have taken it. It was way. <laughs> All right, yeah, you're right. I would have listened to her. So that's where we are as a society. All right, final news story. I don't know what we solved there. Last news, <laughs> except for Andy was wrong. Somewhere in the middle of that. Andy Curtin, shout out. Last news story of the week. British, oh, this comes from Taiwan. Oh, this is Teddy Kaplan might be interested in this. All right. His son's a big fan of Taiwan, not China. Why? No, 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 no. He's no, a big fan no. of China. Don't get him in trouble with Sorry. Me. Why? That's so, that's so No, my random. brother, my my. Uh, He's My son believes in the one t- uh, one China policy. Yeah, he's big one China policy. We'll have to post a video for our Chinese listeners of him <laughs> like getting angry at a at a. There's like a map. It's like an interactive map, and he presses on it. And Taiwan is a country. It's got every country, all these countries of the world, uh-huh. and it gives you facts about each country. And it gives you a fact about Taiwan. And he just looks at. It, he's like. But Taiwan, why is it saying Taiwan's like, a country? Taiwan's part of China. Yeah, he's like, why is this <laughs> lying? He's like, this game is lying. Because he watches old. these YouTube videos that have Taiwan as his <laughs> anti has indoctrinated him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So your son, how, what I'm trying to figure out, what, how did he become fascinated with Well, him? he's really into geography. So if you, if listeners out there want to educate their kids, <laughs> forget school there's a school we know they're not teaching anything you go on YouTube and you can watch all sorts of videos and they have all these different countries of the world and they have these catchy songs and they go really deep like there'll be like a country like there's like a Germany one and it's like the 80 it's like every district of Germany or like like count they have a California one where it's all the counties of California really? and it's like in a rhyming song so yeah, there's like a China one and they list Taiwan as like almost as if like it's a state in China. Yeah. So he's very literal with the states. He thinks England's a state in the United Kingdom. He doesn't understand that. He yeah, thinks yeah, yeah. Taiwan is a state How of China. How old is he? He's five. Oh, that's awesome. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to grow up and teach. Well, I was going to say he's going to grow up and uh, teach geography, but. With the name like Kaplan, he's going to do bigger things. Right. <laughs> I, like, I like the uh, reverse discrimination, whatever that is. Positive discrimination. He'll, he'll, he'll be representing those stereotypes. It was positive discrimination. <laughs> yeah. positive, positive stereotypes. Yeah. 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 Wish I wish we had more of. Yeah. <laughs> Last news story from uh, Taiwan. A British expat with a Taiwan face tattoo gets arrested for drunken driving. Repeat that. A British expat with, with a face- Taiwan face tattoo gets arrested for drunken driving. He gets Taiwan tattooed. He has Taiwan tattooed on his forehead. Like the Chinese characters oh for Taiwan. Goodness. Is that why he got arrested? No, these are two separate <laughs> incidents. But they all happen they both happen within a week of each other. So a week ago he was out drunk at a bar in Taiwan 
got into an argument with someone about is Taiwan part of China oh, or not. Okay. <laughs> and the guy said Taiwan is part of China. And he said, no, it's not. And I'll, br- I'll prove it to you. Like, I'll, I'm, I'll prove my allegiance to Taiwan that I'll get it tattooed on my forehead. But it's a British guy. He's a so British guy. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did get it tattooed on his forehead. And then the next morning he woke up and like post. There's all these pictures already of him on Facebook from like the tattoo oh parlor. Oh, my God. And he went online. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was drunk. I might have like, oh, I do still support Taiwan, but I've overstepped like my bounds. <laughs> he admitted it was a rash decision. Yeah. yeah no shit. <laughs> so, uh, so to make up for it, I'm going to get a tramp stamp of Big Ben. <laughs> my goodness. Oop. So this guy's clearly falling off the edge. Here's the thing, dude. Arrested for drunk driving. And, and, and to wrap up that last news story, I just don't. This is, I think it's more of a generational thing because it was a, a, a prison thing. And I never want to sound like the angry old man, like Jimmy Schubert, but, <laughs> <Shout out>. <laughs> <laughs> who I love. Shout out Jimmy Schubert. I was going to say Cosby, but that's worse. But the tattoos on the face is a very common thing I see now, man. Is it common? Oh, is it very. Did it start? Because remember when Tyson got it? It like shocked the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it maybe. It seemed like a crazy Tyson thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But, but everybody thought. Tyson was crazy when he did it, but now, like, dude, look at all the look at little Wayne. But I, I always oh, say, if you're gonna, if yeah, you, like if the you, little yeah, if you're gonna put tattoos on your face, man, make sure you're gonna be hugely successful because you're not going yes. to law school and show up to court with uh, tattoos, or already be successful. Yeah, right. yeah, right. you know, it's just. It's but I just started. To, I've been starting. I think to see you're allowed a, to say that without being like. I saw some. Uh, I saw some yeah. professional. <laughs> some professional advice. athlete. I can't remember who it was. Had like tattoos going. Who was it? Oh, the dude who's complaining for the Steelers now, Mar- Martellus Bryant. Okay. Yeah. He has tattoos on his face. Yeah. Yeah, Pull you, your better pants be, up, you, have, you better have a secure <laughs> income stream. Yeah. I'm telling a- my kids both that message. I'm taking that home with me. Yes. Back to New York. No you tattoos do. in your faces either yeah. you. <laughs> well, for you, they can't get buried in well, the Well, they can't get any tattoos. Cemetery. But, you know, oh, yeah, they're definitely right. not going to sneak into the cemeteries on their face. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> 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 horrific <laughs> accident <laughs> where their face is blowing <laughs> off. You can bury them one side up or down and they'll be fine, but not on the face. Cap is hilarious, dude. And Teddy's going to train us, Dan. Dude. I need to ask you a cultural question <laughs> just to, to make sure that I'm accurate. So Seder is when they chop the dick, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Seder. Seder's a dinner. Seder's a dinner. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? Seder means order, and it's like the order of the Passover meal. Yeah. Which we one is when they clip sli- the, the clip? That's the bris. The bris! The bris, yes. Like a brisket. Yes, bris, right. The opposite of Seder. <laughs> yes, the complete opposite of Seder. Yeah, I was trying wow. to explain. You know, we were walking by the other day, the, it, this, the place where Teddy had his bris, and I'm like, oh, when you were a baby, we had a party for you in that room. And he's like, a part. I was like, your first birthday is before he's eight Dude, days old. We had a party. And I got invited to a bris. What? And they didn't really give me the full information. You thought it was the same. I thought it was barbaric, man. <laughs> I was like, "What the? Wh- Wait, what? Do, what do they do? I've never seen. I mean, I know what they do. Oh, this is what we Everyone do. Everyone watch. Everyone watches yeah. the, the the Moyle. He says a thing. He t- introduces what we're gonna do. This ancient thing. And, yada, the, yada, and yada. I was grabbing they, my. They I was literally grabbing my pet. And then, then boop, they snip it. And then he cries. <laughs> and then afterwards, we have bagels. We give each other stock tips. It was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we go back Wait, to Wait, they hid the stock tips from me. Why everybody, did they hide the stock tips? Everybody gets a stock tip. Everyone asks the doctor. Me. Yeah, everyone gives the doctor, ask, can you look at this thing? Is this okay? I got to, you know. It's very legal advice. We hit every stereotype. Oh, my God. Geography. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> My kid will never learn geography. <laughs> He's going to own the world. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a weird thing. I invited some people who had never been because I don't know. They, yeah, I they know didn't. Who you invite to a bris when we had it. Well, I, I was, I was let, let me just say this. Uh, I was honored to be invited, but yeah. I they just didn't tell me. Like, like, hey, everybody come over here. So it was in their backyard. So there needs to be like an email. So they had this dope like email, but tent. I didn't explain it. They had this dope <laughs> tent in the back, and I'm like, oh, like I grew up going to church. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be prayers. It's gonna be cool. And then when they, <laughs> yeah, oh, as a man, man, it's tough to. Watch. Yeah, it was so even at eight days because if it was any older, you'd be like, this is not happening. Yeah, season. like. Tell me ahead of time, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't, you can't. Well, sprint. you can't even. You're not even supposed to like. The real thing is, you're not supposed to invite people. It's supposed to be like a thing that people just come to. That seems fine. Well, they wouldn't they... know that. Nobody would know. I should show up at this person's bris. So you have to like send out an email to be like, just so you know, we're having a bris, and then you uh, feel like yes. obligated to go because you're. And you know me, dude. I'm I'm not used to being in the back, man. So I'm like, you know, fighting my way to get <laughs> you up front. To get a front. I want to get front row, man. You're like bribing people out of your front. Yeah, row and then when I found out what it was, I'm like, excuse me, partner. Yeah, excuse <laughs> me, front row partner. seats are not. Yeah, worth excuse me, partner. He's backing gonna, your way out. I'm gonna go sit in the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna Rosa Parks it back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go sit back here, man. You guys can have this. That's a good warning. I will yeah. be avoiding brisses in the future. Yeah. But I'll hit a seder. Seders are much more fun. I'm all no in for seders, man. I'm all in There's for seders. There's bread at brisses, though. No bread at seders. So. Yeah. That's fine. I'll Take skip your... bread. I can get bread elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ruben, that's our pod. Ruben, thanks for doing it, man. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I've Everybody, been wanting to do it, man. Get out to Ruby Tuesdays. Cap, what should we do? I'm going to go go back to that playground and check out. There was a zip lining thing, and I'm going to I'm gonna get, get the specs, and then I'm going to get lost. All right, Hollywood, <laughs> get Hollywood, lost. baby. <laughs> we used to be number 10. Now we permanent in one. In the battle, lost my finger. Mike became my arm. Pistol nozzle, it's nasal. Blood becomes my arm. Tell them, oh, my easy now. Squeeze this so much. Test why cleft. See that flesh get scorned. I make you feel like you ain't wanting to be born, John. Tell your friends, stay the hell out of my lord. Chicken George became dead George, stealing chickens from my farm. I'm not the dead kitchen. If you're my theosis, then I'm bringing all hate to Cecilia. Nobody shoot me. My body's made a hand grenade. Girl bled to death while she was drunk and send the razor blade. That sounds sick, maybe one day I'll ride the horror. Blackula comes to the ghetto. Jackson Acura. Stevie Wonder sees crack babies. Be clinging in the knees in their own families.
sit 90 degrees underneath palm trees Smoking BDs as I burn my calories Brooklyn rooftops become Brooklyn TPs Who that be? Enemy Wanna see the death of me From Hawaii to Hawthorne I run marathons like Ujjawatan I'm a true champion like Farrakhan reaches Delhi Quran It's a phenomenon Lyric facts like Ramadan What's going on? Overgetting come you know what we soon done Run by my side just in case I gotta run A boy on the side of Babylon Trying to front like you're down with Mo